did you hear the sonic boom in Hertfordshire? No. Did you hear it? Yes. Woke up, literally woke Rob up and was like, this is the exact word I said. Rob, I think it's the apocalypse. Where's the car? <laughs> wow. Um, one obvious question here, though. Mm. What was his response? It's not the apocalypse. <laughs> I then exp- he then asked me what had happened. And I was like, massive boom. Sounds like a bomb's gone off. All of Twitter is talking about it. And then he said, sounds like a sonic boom, go to sleep. He said it sounds like a sonic boom. Yeah, he was like, it's probably aircraft breaking the sound barrier. Go to sleep. Smart up. Right! <laughs> Hello, you're listening to the Doing It For The Kids podcast, where we swear a bit too much and talk a bit too fast about freelance life with kids in the mix. I'm Frankie and this is Steve. Hello, yes, each week we take a question from a member of the Doing It For The Kids community, do our best to answer it. But of course, whether it's about life or work, we know that you are going to have great answers as well, which is why we also take your answers from the previous week. The last episode was... Oh, every time. I forget every time. I was just looking at the comments. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't sound like that in the edit, does it? It sounds really no, slick. I know. Um, saying no to red flag clients. Yeah, whilst not having them... Well, Flag like you trying off. to, yeah, protect your reputation. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, first one comes in, first comment, anonymous. No word of a lie, a few weeks ago, I was going to anonymously submit this question. Thank you, fellow detective, for beating me to it. My usual go-to response is to say that I'm full up capacity-wise, even if I'm not. And 99% of the time, it's worked out fine. The 1% of the time where it hasn't worked is when they've found out, usually from someone else, that I am looking for new clients or if they're based at my co-working space. It's hard to keep that line up month after month, especially if they're persistent and you keep bumping into them in person. Mm, I usually use the not a good fit line after that. I'm not a big fan of the charge a ridiculously high fee solution, but for different reasons. The big one for me is what if you do that and they say yes? It'll be even harder to say no at that point, and by doing the work at a hiked-up fee, their expectation for you to deliver good work has just shot up significantly. That red flag client has likely gotten readier and flaggier. (laughs) The important thing to remember is that if a prospective client takes it very badly, then two words should spring to mind. Bullet dodged. And the point Frankie made about how it works both ways and that the prospective client equally has the right to suddenly change their mind and hire a different freelancer instead made me shout exactly in response. It's so true. Unfortunately, there's this expectation from clients that because they're the ones with the money and making a request for help, they're the ones in control and that we just have to nod and smile and go along with it. And that really bugs me. Dave Smythe says, great episode in question. On balance, I think I turn down more work than I take on. Good for you, Dave. High fives to that. (laughs) (laughs) Turning down work that isn't the right fit is a positive thing as it gives you the time and space for projects that you want to do. There's absolutely nothing wrong with having a preferred type of project. As I get longer in the tooth, the list of red flags increases, but the hungry freelance gremlin is never far away. (laughs) Precious. Encouraging me to take on all the offers. But there are so many legitimate and positive reasons why you might not want to do something. Budget, requirements, type of job, sector, schedule, client behaviour, probably the rarest, NDAs. Even if a project meets all of the requirements, even then you still shouldn't feel that you have to do it. Unless the client has been outright rude, I'll usually spend a little bit of time discussing and scoping the project. From there, I can either recommend someone for them to speak to or offer them advice about the next best step. Option number two happens surprisingly frequently, and I've used my website's blog to wrap up common questions scenarios that I've come across. 
genius. On the budget thing, I try to remember that clients without much budget today might have a bigger budget at some point in the future. Taking 10 to 15 minutes to help them now may pay off further down the line. All of this should give the client a good feeling about the service they've received. It also positions you as someone who's helpful, experienced, and isn't just in it for the money. People remember this sort of thing. Yeah, we were saying, right? He's used the phrase, should give the client a good feeling. I think people remember the way you make them feel. Mm. Uh, And that's what, yeah, we were trying to get at. He probably put it better. (laughs) Laura Perrett. Hey, Laura. It says, I am at the point now where I am happy to say, I don't feel that this project is the right fit for me. And then perhaps recommend they approach someone else or provide a next step option. By putting your own and your business's needs first, you are protecting your reputation. It's very hard to excel on a job you are deeply unhappy doing. Also, never feel like you have to explain why you are saying no. I have tried to go down the excuses route before, and then I end up with a client trying to problem solve my excuses to get me to agree to the job. Yeah. It was it was like when you said it was a bit it's a bit like dating. It is, isn't it? it Probably is. best totally off just is. saying Nah, I don't think it's gonna work. Leave it at that, rather than saying, Oh, you just live too far away. That's okay, I'll, I'll come and live next door to you. <laughs> exactly. I just think there's too much of an old difference. It's alright, I dated a grandmother before <laughs> And so on. Apologies, by the way, if you actually have that voice. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Partridge is in the house. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should make a Tinder for like freelancers and potential clients. Swipe right. <laughs> what is it? I don't even know. Swipe right, swipe left. Yeah. Uh, hang on a sec. Cool, something in that fridge smells. Anyway, how the hell are you? We weren't here last week. We weren't we here last week. took a week off. Week. It's definitely for the best. But yeah, I'm all right. I've achieved some things. I'm back on top of my workload. Woo! Woohoo! And I haven't talked about this at all yet, but I've been learning to drive. Oh, yes. How's it going? Surprisingly well. <laughs> I thought I'd be a like, complete anxious wreck and be veering all over the place and like, you know, yeah. aggressively braking or whatever. But I'm like weirdly calm in the car. Wow. So much so that this week I went on a dual carriageway, but I went up to it like the dizzying heights of 52 miles an hour. Whoa. Unbelievable. And I was a bit like, what happens now? Like, how do I slow down? <laughs> like, oh my God. it's fine, like, speeding up, but like, <laughs> I get that. I can do the gear was changes that, up to five. Was that not covered in a, an earlier lesson? <laughs> Slightly concerning. Like, they yeah. waited until you got to 50 to show you where the brake was? Uh, are you was more learning like, on a manual? Yeah. But my logic is, like, if you're in an emergency situation, I could drive all vehicles, right? Oh, my God, I would love to see you in the <laughs> So when the apocalypse comes, when right, the apocalypse and I've got, to get comes... in, I've got to break into someone else's car and drive off. No, no, not a car. <laughs> any vehicle. A tractor. Exactly. A bus. Yeah. And how are you? What's going on? Um, well, decorations are up. That elf keeps moving around the house. Bloody thing. It's feeling very Christmassy. We've got uh, the nativity this week mm. with Mary. And uh, our daughter as Mary has persuaded her teacher. She's managed to negotiate her own baby Ethan. She's got lots of dolls. Baby Ethan is to be taking Jesus. the role of Jesus. Wow. So not only do I have to make <laughs> sure Mary gets there 
on Wednesday, but the son Don't of God. Don't forget the baby. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like Jesus's granddad at the moment. It's <laughs> a lot of pressure. What I do quite like is that like, she was going to take him in like fully clothed in his tracksuit and I was like I don't think Jesus wore a tracksuit and so she took all the clothes off she went now he's going to get cold and she went I know and so she went and got him the most thespian thing Ethan could have a baby robe it's like a little silk robe I imagine Ethan one day being on like parky or something like smoking a long cigarette in this robe well I remember the time in 2019 when I was I was marvellous as the messiah This week's question comes from a fellow Frankie, Frankie Shanahan, who is a copywriter. Her website is love-audrey.com. She says, to be brutally honest, the tail end of this year is kicking my butt. Life is throwing a whole heap of challenges my way and my brain is full. On top of busy workload and some personal stuff, one of my children is ill again and my other half is working overseas for a week. I'm trying to figure out the best way to avoid burning out completely before Christmas Day. How do you stay sane at this busy time of year, especially when it feels like the universe is out to get you? It's beginning to look a lot <laughs> like burnout. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? December is fucking mental. No, November, December, it all just kicks off. Well, we didn't do an episode last week because I burnt out hard. <laughs> wasn't even December, was it? Maybe it was, just. I started um, to worry when I saw on your Instagram stories that you were pouring a cup of coffee at half past ten of night. Yeah, starting work at half ten. Yeah, that's not good, is it? It's not a good sign. And yeah, like seven days in, my body was like, mm, stop. <laughs> and so what was that? Like loads of client work? Oh, a combination of so many things. December is weird. Like, I would say on balance... Most Decembers for me are really busy. But mm. yeah, I seem to forget that every year. <laughs> busy with client work or just yeah, in general? Yeah, with client work. Right. I think quite a few, maybe not so much these days, but either like they work January to January financial year and they want to wrap up some budget in December. Mm-hmm. Slash, they just want to like do that final push before the year's out. There's that like psychology, <laughs> you know, yeah, psychology yeah. of like, let's quickly get that thing that we haven't achieved this year done. Um, so I just had like loads of stuff come in all at once and I just said yes to all of it because it's Christmas and I need the money and you know as Dave said in the comments like the gremlin of will I have any work in January you just want to do it all now right and then at the same time all of the school stuff is making you do stuff yeah so (laughs) I was doing some school admin last night I'd had something like nine emails from the school in like three days and I hadn't read any of them and most of them had like four page PDF attachments with like dates and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I sat down last night and was just reading it all. And then I was in the WhatsApp group going, what the hell does this mean? Do I need white leggings or will blue ones do, you know? <laughs> and then you have Christmas drink invites and parties. Yeah. Well, um, not so much these days. Not yeah. not as many as we used to have, but still. Um, and... And then there's that permanent nagging thing going on in your head about what you're meant to organise for Christmas itself. Mm. I think what we're saying is, we get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Frank in particular, um, doing a lot of research into this question. <laughs> yeah. You can't fault her commitment to trying <laughs> to figure out how best to solve this question. So our ideal situation is not to reach that point, right? Absolutely not. Yeah. 
Okay, so Never again. let's go. <laughs> I think one thing you have to do is go back to your whole being super organized way of doing things. So for a start, there's a lot of sense of overwhelm. We've talked before about when you're overwhelmed. So getting it down on paper or onto Trello board or whatever as to what it is you've got to do, but not just your yeah. work stuff, but your family stuff. Because a lot of that tends to mm. sit in your head, doesn't it? Oh, I've got to get presents for that mm. person. Or I've got to get this for, I've got to order the meat for blah, especially if you're hosting Christmas. Yeah. So yeah, get like serious with your to-do list and then like, take a step back from it. Maybe grab a quality street and have a look <laughs> and think, what if that do I really have to do? Especially with client work, there can be sometimes when I, I get the feeling that we're working towards a let's get this done before Christmas thing, like you say, because mm. they feel like that feels like a good thing to do. Mm. But you're just, suddenly you, your to-do list has been influenced by somebody else's to-do list. <laughs> and do they have and to actually do it sometimes, now? yeah, you speak to clients, and you think, OK, does this actually have to be done before Christmas? If you're about, you know, some people might need that stuff to launch on Boxing Day sales or for sure. January. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There might be a good reason. But for other people, actually, no, there's not. Because you might deliver it on the 20th of December and then they all bugger off yes. for two weeks anyway. <laughs> They're already at the Christmas party, like, on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking for feedback. Sorry, can't give feedback. We're all at a party. Yeah. <laughs> so what I've literally had that in the past. Are those deadlines actually concrete? Um, and I would do that both before you take a project on, but also even if you've already taken it on, be like, honest with them and say, look, just looking at all of the workload and getting everything in, can this actually wait until January or whatever? But And by the way, I never say I'm actually back on the day I'm back. I always tell them a couple of days after that. Nice. Build in yeah. some like admin time. Nice. That's a great idea. So we've got the client like obligations but also like your to-do list of social obligations like what of that mm. do you really want to go Hell to yes. do you really like do you like those people enough to go <laughs> i bet sometimes you say to somebody oh do you know what i don't think i can catch up next friday a lot of the time at their end they're going oh thank god that person said they can't meet me because <laughs> actually I quite fancy a night in as well. I think there are two schools of people though. There's like either the people that are really, um, let's make sure we see each other before Christmas. Let's make sure we, mm. we get that in, get a drink in. And then there's me who's like, no, 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 um, let's sort something after Christmas because Christmas is mad. Like we can do that drink in January. January's depressing. Let's do it then instead. I'm much more like, I just kind of write off most of December social wise because I just know... There's too much. Even even though I've written off my entire social life, I still burnt out. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think some people feel the pressure on that more than others. I do love it. It is one of my favourite things about Christmas. It's mm. less so Christmas Day itself, but actually the, the lead run up, up to Christmas yeah. and the feeling and seeing people and connecting. It. Like I do like it, but I do think it's okay to shut some of those obligations down. Yeah, I think the subtext to a lot of this is the Christmas pressure is. 10 times more when you have children particularly like small kids where the christmas is still magic right <laughs> mm. it's like you suddenly want to do all these things that you wouldn't have done on a previous christmas i remember holly june smith actually on instagram like the first one of the first christmases after her first was born and she was suddenly like oh i want to do all this like baking and making stuff with the kid blah 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 but i know they're too small but i feel that, like this need as a mother to like do all this christmas <laughs> stuff that i should do as the mother you know there's that real like i should be crafting with them making the the cookies and every day should be special nah nah um and like 
obviously if that makes you happy and you have the time great but there's so much particularly in the age of instagram we're all, we're all there sharing how great our family life is and how beautiful our christmas is going to be and it's like a lot of the time it's just about surviving the thing <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so sad <laughs> but it's true like you don't have that and i never had that sort of pressure when i didn't have children like yeah well it's like the pleasure of christmas is heightened by having children oh yeah absolutely but the pressure is too it is that coming together that clash of lots of christmasy stuff like the fact that december really becomes about two weeks long i think that's part of the problem the end of term is in like five minutes isn't it yeah. Yeah. So our kids break up on the 20th, I think it is. And then you've got two weeks Oh, so the 19th and it's a half day. But but you've got loads of time off. I mean, depending on the age of your children, where you're going to Christmas fairs and you're going to school plays or carol concerts or whatever. Yeah, maybe we need to get real with our heads for next year, for 2020, where we think, well, actually, December is only two weeks long. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's quite... I don't think that's a bad idea to, like... It, whilst it might not help right in the moment right now think about it like at least don't just rush straight into january but reflect on how you felt about november december and what you can do differently next year so like there's the normal pressures of work there's the normal pressures of family and christmas but then sometimes like we've spoken about on this before and that frankie touches on in her letter yeah yeah so she says yeah the stuff of the stuff going on sometimes life just throws us stuff and as we've talked about before sometimes you just need to almost go into survival mode and think okay maybe this bit doesn't matter this year maybe we don't need to do that because ultimately i just need to keep my own health and sanity going and enjoy being with my family because there's no point getting everything done beautifully for everybody else if you're not taking care of yourself so that by the time it finally comes to christmas you just collapse in a heap ultimately I think you're better off going to bed and getting some sleep. The power of the naps. Well, Frankie, I hope that helped. Yeah. <laughs> Even if a lot of it is thinking about Christmas 2020. So there's our answer, but we'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, how have you managed that this year or maybe in past years? Uh, let us know as ever on Instagram or Twitter or in the Facebook group, wherever Frankie has posted this. Basically, let us know your comments. It is episode 26, yes. I think. Mm. So, yeah, come tell us. We'll read them out next week. Next week's next week's will be our last one before Christmas, won't it? It will, yeah. Should we have a Christmas party? Should we get pissed at 10am yeah. on a Tuesday? <laughs> I think that's should a good idea. Secret Santa? Yeah. There's only two of us, so like Secret Santa should be quite easy. I'm going to for guess that. who the who the gift is from. And I'll I'll post it to you, but you can't open it until Until Christmas. No, until we record the oh, episode. Fine. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With you. All right. Yeah. So yeah, let us know your thoughts. Also, of course, we're going to be doing this all again in the year 2020, <gasps> which means we need your questions. If you've got a question, get involved. And we could be answering it just like we just answered Frankie's question. Oh, but speaking of which, we should say um, Frankie was the inspiration for this Frankie and I co-mentoring each other. Yeah. And you should go and listen to her podcast with Charlie. They do oh, yes. a similar chatting to their co-mentor about yeah working for themselves yeah go and check it out friends with business benefits uh it's it's really good and this friday so the day after this episode goes out steve is recording his 200th episode of being freelance in real life at the underpinned christmas party 
yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And if you're looking for something to do while you, you know, demolish some celebrations this week in a mince pie, maybe leave us a review. Yes, please. That is a gift, a gift that keeps on giving and yet costs you nothing. Marvellous. Are we done? Sure. It's the apocalypse. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> Everybody get in the car. <laughs>